listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us again on this week's episode of the ST Times What the Dev podcast. With me today is Steve Kearns. He's the Vice President of Product at Elastic. Uh, welcome, Steve. How are you doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks. Good. Thanks. So we're going to be talking about uh, DevOps and security and observability and other points along those lines. Uh, one of the things that Steve and I were talking about earlier before we came on the call is even though we've been writing and talking about DevOps for probably about a decade now, uh, uh, Steve uh, you know, has the opinion that we're still in early days. Uh, and um, I'd like, uh, Steve, if you would elaborate on that and, and why you think that's uh, still the case. Yeah, you know, I think we have been talking about the, this idea of bringing together you know, APM, so sort of application level understanding with logs, with infrastructure and system metrics. We've been talking about this for a long time, uh, but I think a couple of things have, have started to really make it almost a requirement for businesses more and more. As more systems get complex, as we switch from naming our servers with cute names to uh, to you know, running containers on Kubernetes, um, you start to, to think differently about what you need to know to solve an issue that's happening within your application and within your infrastructure. And so to some extent, as applications move towards microservices architectures and run on in containers on Kubernetes and so forth, um, the need for better observability across these different tiers only grows. Um, at the same time, I'll say the tooling uh, and, and the consistency of tooling that looks across these different pillars of logs and metrics and APM, the tooling has gotten a lot better. The connections between those sources are better than they've ever been before. But I think the, the one thing that we see a lot um, at Elastic is people start somewhere. Right, you always have to start somewhere. You don't just wake up one day and have fully instrumented applications and, and a whole architecture, right? Um, and so, making sure that you can start in a way that's appropriate, convenient to you. We see a lot of people starting with logs. I need to understand the logs my application's putting out because if there's a problem, the logs will tell me at least a little bit about it. But then, how do I grow from there to the other pillars? And that's why when I'm thinking about, you know, we're in these early days. You know, everybody's at a different stage of their own evolution with one application across their whole organization. And so you know, there's a lot of different variation in how people get into these different areas. Mm -hmm. one, one thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious about DevOps, and it was the same question that I had with Agile, I guess it's one of the good things about it and perhaps one of the downsides about it is that it's not prescriptive. There's no do these five things and you're now doing DevOps or do these six things and now you're an agile organization. And I understand giving people the flexibility to adapt what they want to, what they think they need. But a lot of organizations struggle with implementation because they don't have that clear path of definition of do this, 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 and then you'll be there. So, so uh, is that in your mind a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think part of the challenge comes from all organizations have their own starting point. So not everybody starts with a clear operations team and a clear development team and a, and a nice clear way to, to sort of bring those two teams closer together. But the thing that I think has really accelerated um, you know, uh, the, the, the concept of DevOps and the practice of it has been uh, having better visibility. 
So at the end of the day, whether you're on the ops side or whether you're on the development side or, or whether you're truly operating in a, a more collaborative way, um, you need visibility into how these systems are operating. And in some ways, what we sometimes see is actually that practice gets built around having the right tooling. Because if we're all using and talking about the same shared system, there's no finger pointing, right? We all are just looking at the same data. It's not the networking people pointing at the storage people pointing at the application people. It's uh, it's one team saying, hey, we've got a shared understanding of what's going on here, and we don't have to talk about it. We just go and fix it. Um, and uh, and that has benefits. And, and when companies start to see this decrease in, in downtime or in outages, and then the overall reduction in the number of outages in the first place, that's something that they start to say, wow, you know, we need to, to really lean into this, not just for our one tier one application, but across all the things that we build, whether it's customer facing or internal applications. And I think that's really what pulls people towards this idea of DevOps um, is getting the visibility and improving their uptime and, and availability of the services that run their business. Right. You made an interesting point earlier when we were talking uh, before we went on the air about um, APM and observability and things like that. Now, of course, we all know APM began as just a monitoring of applications and you could check the performance. And if something was lagging or there was a, a problem or an error page or whatever, that would, you know, you'd call the uh, triage team at three o'clock in the morning, somebody would come and fix it. Observability, of course, extends that into looking at some of the infrastructure metrics as well. But you were talking about how that actually can then be tied in with security, which is such an important issue for organizations today. So maybe you can elaborate on that uh, thought a little bit. Yeah, well, this is something that we're really starting to see people lean into. So when you look at that, all of those things you need for observability, right? Starting with the logs from the system, starting with what processes are running and how much CPU and memory they're taking, um, right down to, to you know, what's going on in the network. You think about that. I need all of that as, uh, as an application, as an ops person, as an application developer to understand what's gone wrong if I'm trying to solve an issue. Mm -hmm. But that same data is exactly relevant to the security team. They need to know, hey, what files are being touched by which process, which users have logged into which machines, uh, and, and understanding that this there's a tremendous amount of overlap. And so one of the things that we've started to see quite a bit more um, is, is people saying, hey, we're collecting this data already. How do we make use of it for more than one thing? Rather than paying to collect it a second time and put it in a second or a third system, Let's just give the security team access or maybe vice versa, give the observability team access to see these kinds of system level logs and metrics and so forth. Um, and this idea uh, actually has a lot of legs to it when you think about just the pure cost profile. If I have to collect the data twice and store it twice in two different systems, at a minimum, I'm paying double and I can't share any of that knowledge. I can't have the security team say, hey, let me show you, developer team or operations team, exactly how I detected this and how you can prevent it. When you're working in different tool sets, you don't have that shared visibility. It's like you could screencast, but they'll never be able to come back and get that same view. Right. Whereas if you have some of the same shared tooling, um, you have a lot more overlap and a lot more ability to share that experience and, uh, and knowledge between the teams. The goal of breaking down the dreaded silos. But, that's right. Uh, you know, that's... Uh... Uh, somebody uh, said something really interesting to you about that recently. Was like, uh, 
if if silos didn't have a purpose, they wouldn't exist. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that's a hard nut for people to also want to tear down altogether. It, it really is, especially when you think there's extra data that the security team needs that you definitely don't want every application developer to access. And so you right. are going to need some firewalls between them. But it actually works the other way nicely because there's almost no observability data that your security team can't see or shouldn't be allowed to see. And so sharing in that direction is often easy. Sharing the other way can be a little harder on the security side. Right. Gotcha. So, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, Kubernetes and, and microservices, containers, all these all this complexity that we're now seeing in application stacks. So how does that impact an organization's ability to fully understand what's happening and to, you know, ensure, uh, you know, a good user experience and even getting the feedback from the users as to how things are going. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to note that this move towards microservices and containers and, and things like Kubernetes to orchestrate it all um, is a very positive thing. It, it addresses a number of core challenges, both in how applications are built, how you ensure uptime, um, but it makes it dramatically harder at any point in time to say precisely what went wrong, um, precisely what happened. Um, and so, you know, making sure that you have the, the full visibility into what was going on at each of those layers when a problem occurred, making sure I know when each of those microservices gets updated, a new version was rolled out, suddenly a new problem starts. How quickly can I figure that out so I can roll that application back? Um, and that's where the, the challenges come in. Um, but but certainly, I mean, the, the benefits here are worthwhile, um, provided you are ready for the implications of moving in that direction, which is needing better visibility into how they operate. Right. Very interesting. So in, in using observability, uh, do you guys have any best practices or, or things that you share with your customers as to how they can leverage this observability to... Uh, you know, make sure they're delivering positive user experiences? Yeah, it, it's a great question. So the, the first thing I would say is uh, you can't do anything till you're collecting the data. So start by understanding what are you already collecting or what do you need to collect just to, just to identify those big user-facing problems and build out from there. Um, and, you know, first you need to know there's a problem and then having visibility to go and solve it really matters. And so you need the right monitoring in place and then the right observability to really understand why something went wrong. But I'll also say, think about not just, you know, how do I, uh, uh, how do I reduce my MTTR? Like when a problem happens, how quick can I resolve it? But think about what can I learn about the experience my customers, my users are having with my application? Because that same data that you're collecting for observability to, to triage problems actually holds quite a bit of valuable information for your developer teams. And so if you are instrumenting all the way from the browser with real user monitoring right down uh, with distributed tracing for the whole stack, you can actually start to see, well, my database seems to be working just fine, but in the browser, my web application feels slow to users. The page load time is seven seconds. Why? And why is it 12 seconds if they access it from Europe versus four seconds accessing it from the US? And so that ability to, uh, to understand um, in a deeper way at the actual experience of your users really makes a difference. And so, again, you don't have to start there. People start in different places. They, you know, they may want to start and say, hey, I need real user monitoring to know the, that experience. That's great. But then don't forget to build out the rest of observability behind it. Um, or you can go the other way. And I think a lot of it really does depend on your company's 
um, approach to technology, your existing infrastructure, the tools that you're comfortable with, um, and the tools you have access to. Um, and I think um, you know more and more we're seeing people starting with free tools and saying, wow, I did not realize I could do quite so much uh, with, uh, with, with the tools that were just available on the shelf for me to use for free. Hmm. Interesting. So I know observability is, is the, the new term in the monitoring world. What, what are some of the challenges to uh, seeing this thing grow? You, you, know, you would think of all the benefits that you've described of having an observability platform that everybody would be rushing out to get one, yet there doesn't seem to be that widespread adoption. What are some of the things do you think are uh, holding that back? Yeah, it's a good question. I think you know, this, as you mentioned at the beginning, right? This is an area that there have been you know, growing and maturing tools in for quite a long time. And what that means, especially at larger companies or companies that have been around for a while, it's likely you already have one in the building. And if you started using, if your company picked an APM tool seven years ago or something, um, you know, that may still be the tool that most of your organization uses. But it may not actually be the best tool for the other portions of what you'd want to do. It may not have great cost-effective support for logs. It may not handle system metrics, or it may not have great integration with Kubernetes. Um, and so sometimes it's a tooling problem. Um, and you know that, that one is maybe, uh, in some cases, difficult to solve within the confines of your organization, but we see a lot of people find a way. Um, I, I do think that there's also just you know, skill sets and experience. Um, if you have never worked with and had that kind of visibility from you know, with distributed tracing, looking across all your applications, it may not be obvious how valuable that can be when you get to production, when you get to scale. Um, and, uh, and so I think finding, um, finding ways to take baby steps in that direction, you're doing logging, add a little bit of APM on top. Are you doing APM? Make sure that you start capturing those logs and getting shared visibility to the same teams and see if it adds value to you. If it does, do more. Uh, if it doesn't, stop. Uh, and you know, I think it, it's really important to be practical about this, but, but to always be trying to say, what could I do to better serve my customers, to give them a better experience? Um, because look, you know, in, the, in the tech world, as you're thinking about building applications, and not just for customers, but also your internal users, internal applications that you build, that's what powers your business. Your, your employees are using these every day. If they have a bad experience, they're not going to do their jobs as well or as quickly or, as, or be as satisfied in their work. Um, and so as you're thinking about it, a lot of what we see people do is they start to say, well, we need to be customer focused. We need to give them the best experience because that will make our customers stick with us um, over the long run. It's, it's one of these, it's almost like a, a non-feature feature. Um, if you have fast response times, people enjoy the product more, even if you don't add another feature. If you can keep that performance fast, keep the reliability high, it makes a difference. Um, and, uh, and that really ends up uh, being the thing that drives a lot of adoption of this technology. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So would you say then that uh, using an observability platform would be a good place for people to start to try to have more effective DevOps? Is that, uh, is that a good place? I think so. And again, I would say take baby steps into it. Pick, don't, don't go whole hog. I mean, you can, of course, you, know, you jump right in with both feet if you're ready, but also don't be afraid to say, hey, I understand logs. I know how my application puts them out. Let me start with those. Understand how I can use them to monitor what's going on and get some visibility, then expand from there. But you don't have to go all in, but you have to start somewhere. And, uh, and so whichever end of the application you're most comfortable monitoring, start there and, and grow. 
and, uh, and and make sure that you're checking along the way to say, is this is is this next step adding useful visibility? Am I going to be using this either now or as this application scales? And if yes, yeah, uh, uh, you know, continue on that path. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right, Steve Kearns, Vice President of Product at Elastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Steve. A pleasure talking with you. Likewise, pleasure to be here. Okay, and uh, thanks to all of our listeners. Until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times, and so long for now. <laughs>